right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. So, uh... And we're your hosts. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. What's new? <laughs> Truly everything. Obviously, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a little rough going at the beginning here just because we are um, remotely doing this. Yeah, so it's been a weird world. So we have to be remote, obviously, because we live in New York City. And right now, everyone is in isolation. And so we are, too, because we're being good citizens. Like, this is the first time that we're recording something since sort of all everything really hit the fan. So that's why we haven't mentioned it before now. It's not that we just, like, live in a bubble where it isn't existing for us and we just can't imagine it happening. Um but yeah, this is the first time that we're recording into the pandemic. So that's why. And it's going to be a little bit different for a little while, however long this lasts. But we obviously are committed to bringing you guys uh, new episodes. So we hope that you'll bear with us if the sound quality isn't, you know, what you're expecting. Yeah, and we'll be tweaking, I'm sure. If this if this doesn't sound good, we'll try to figure out a way to make it sound better. or Sound as good as we can in, in this, you know, that's possible. But we appreciate yeah. anybody who is sticking with us, and we hope everybody is safe and doing their part and being nice to each other. Well, anyway, let's get into it. Okay, so this week we read Vow of Silence by Melinda Price. Um, and what do you think of the cover, Clayton? I like it. It's Me too. It's an Amish woman. Her back is turned to us. She's standing in a field, and there seems to be some sort of storm arising or or it's at least from the picture i'm looking at the the it's not stormy skies but it's definitely a threatening sky yeah she's in a field i would not think this is a romance and was it that is a question i think for this episode that is a question yeah i mean i think the cover is like very evocative and very well done but i don't know if it necessarily fits with this book you're right Clayton, what was this book about? So this book was about a homicide detective named Josiah Troyer, who goes by the name Joe now. And he is an excommunicated Amish person who has to go back to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to solve murders. And what happens is he goes back to the same Amish community that he left and reunites with Hannah, who was his childhood and young adulthood love, who he had just left. And her sister had been murdered, and he comes and he tries to solve the case, and they, spoiler alert, fall in love. I think this book was trying to do a lot, and I don't know that it ever really did it. There were some choices being made that I found really like upsetting, because... You know, I don't normally read mystery romances or murder mystery romances. So I'm not sure if this is what normally happens, but it really grossed me out that the first time you meet the murderer, he's just talking about how like sexually turned on he is by his victim, who's like a young girl and that she's dead and all these things. And that just sets such a tone for the book that it's like after that, I really couldn't get into any other sexy times because I'm like, what if this is going to be a trick again and then it'll be the killer talking about 
a dead person as opposed to, you know, our hero talking about our heroine because the language that the um, serial killer was using was very similar to the inner monologue that our hero would use when he talked about Hannah. And then when the serial killer talked about the people he wanted to kill, it was it was too close and it, it really grossed me out. And I was sort of like, what am I reading and why am I reading this? You know, yeah, you texted me that the difference between the killer and the and Joe, the detective, was that one of them was so enamored with the innocence of someone that they killed them and the other one just wanted to have sex with them. Yeah, he it and I think I don't know, being turned on by innocence I think in general is like a bit creepy and you're really walking a line there. Um but it's not uncommon I think in a lot of romance novels of like you read about heroes being really happy that they're like they were the ones to uh be the first to have sex with their heroines and they feel like a sense of pride about that, which is, you know, problematic in and of itself but I think for this this is a woman who also is like already had a child and was married before um and for him to constantly be talking about like her innocence was really creepy and it's also her innocence comes from being part of a like very strict religious cult it do- it doesn't come from her necessarily being young or or anything else so that also is very strange well wait Um, you would call the amish a cult i mean aren't they a cult what's the difference i don't think they're put under i think they're a religion i think i don't know i mean i i wouldn't call them a cult i i i think i mean i'm not sticking up for the amish because i don't care either way but i don't think uh, they would be (laughs) looked at as a cult okay i'm yeah Religious group, strict religious group. Tight-knit community. <laughs> I'm from Pennsylvania. So so when I started reading this book, it, it made me nostalgic. Because I live near Lancaster. It did? Yeah, I live near Lancaster. And we used to drive through Amish country all the time. Well, oh, tell me your th- what are your thoughts on the book? Because I feel like I really just jumped the gun and started telling you how much I thought certain aspects were creepy. But what I, did I poison the well for you, or how did you feel about it? I loved when we got the POV of the killer jerking off. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I was curious reading this because I don't read any murder mysteries. I don't read anything really that involves murder as its central plot movement because I am not into true crime. I I mean, there's a few true crimes I'll read, but I'm not by any means a voracious reader of true crime or murder stuff. I was kind of turned off by that, but also it was such a breath of, I don't want to say breath of fresh air, but it was, it was different than anything we'd <laughs> read before. <laughs> finally, finally, we get a killer <laughs> masturbating. What a breath of fresh air. No, I, I thought that it was intriguing at first because I never read these things, but then I think I agree with you that number one, the mystery, I I, I feel like I solved it immediately. I, I think I knew almost off the bat who the killer was. Do we want to reveal who the killer was? I mean, normally we do spoil books, but I feel like when it's just like a romance, it's like they get together. There's not like as much to spoil, but... I think a lot of people read along with us and a lot of people just listen and never read the book. 
So we'll do mm-hmm. this. We'll do this. We won't get way into who it is, but we will tell you who did it, but we'll put a spoiler alert before it. We'll have our our mutual friend Scott Barkin sing it to you. Spoiler alert! It was the coroner. Yeah. yeah. I didn't necessarily see that coming. I think I thought like one of the red herrings was what I thought it was going to be, but um the guy who kept saying you don't remember me? Well, you'll you'll remember me. You'll remember me. It's like just say who you are, dude. He didn't. He hadn't seen you since you were a scrawny uh, middle schooler or something. That was so bizarre. I don't know. Are you're from Lancaster? Are people weird? I'm not, okay, I'm not from Lancaster. <laughs> I, I I moved to outside of Philly, which is near Lancaster, but I'm not. None of my my parents or friends are Amish. Uh, I'm not on an extended rumspringa, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> uh, I, th- they're so separated. So you drive through their area, and the only time you interact with them is if you go and buy the stuff that they make. So if you go and you buy a quilt, or if you buy whoopie pies, which are those chocolate pies that have the cream in the middle. They don't mm-hmm. call them whoopie pies. We call them whoopie pies because they can't say whoopie because whoopie is ungodly because that means to do it. What do they call it? Gobstoppers or gobstoppers or something. I know gobstoppers is a, a they call them like gobs or something. That's such a worse name. That sounds like something unholy. Yeah, it sounds like it's something gobs. You, you get from whoopie. Oh, man, I got the gobs. <laughs> I got to go to the doctor, man. I got the gobs. I uh, love whoopie pies. Yeah. I didn't realize that was an Amish delicacy. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen an Amish person or ever been to Amish country. So, Yeah, they, they we would have to drive around them because they're in their, their little buggies. But the buggies would have to have, <laughs> they had to have, I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, lights on the back so people could see them even though they don't believe in electricity. Well, they believe in, that it exists, but they don't believe in using electricity. They did have to have things on the back of their, their wagons so that in the nighttime, they wouldn't get hit by cars. Well, something, I know nothing about the Amish. I did read like a Loralee McDonald Amish uh, romance when I was like, like a YA romance that was excellent. Mm-hmm. But the big thing about the Amish really seems to be a strong sense of community, right? Like if you're supposed, if I was to name like five things about Amish people, that would be one of them. And the thing that I found out about this book is like, Hannah seems very much on her own. Like nobody comes to visit her. She doesn't interact with anybody. She doesn't seem to particularly want to be Amish. Cause then when it comes the time where she chooses where she, whether she wants to be with Joe or stay Amish. It's not really a choice for her. She's sort of like, yeah, Joe, I don't, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, she seems to have a lot, I'd like a ton of free time, which I like, if you are living simple and you have to like make bread or you don't have bread, like, that's going to be a lot of your time is just like gathering things to continue to live. And she's able to like jaunt off with Joe anytime he mentions it. Cause I think in the community, there might be say somebody who makes bread and then they give them bread and somebody else gives everybody butter. 
right? So the community all shares stuff. So you might not be the person, maybe not everybody makes bread, but there's a few people that make bread and then they bring bread and then somebody else brings something else that they make, like a jam or some such thing. But I just feel like she never was like doing Amish things, which is like, I don't necessarily want to see somebody doing like the duller parts of their life, but just that she was never concerned with anything. And most of the time also, she didn't seem particularly concerned with where her son was because she would just be like gone for hours during the day and never be like, oh, I'm so happy that I left um, Eli with my sister. It would just be like he doesn't exist until he needed to exist again and then he would show up. But yeah, Eli, I don't think she, she had Eli with somebody she never loved. So he's kind of a child out of a loveless marriage, which isn't great for Eli. Eli's about to be the hero of his own romance novel, where he learns to love because his mother was too busy trying to chase down a serial killer. Or he's just going to be another serial killer. I would say it's 50-50, probably 51-49. I think 51% Because he liked the dog too much. You know, the other big thing about Amish people, when I think of Amish people, is that they don't pay taxes. So they can sell those whoopie pies, and it's all cash in hand. You know how much I love cash in hand. That is my motto. You love cash in hand. I think about Rumpspringa, which is, if nobody knows, that's when you turn a certain age. I don't know if it's, what, 16, 17, late teens, and you're allowed to go off into the world and just get crazy if you want to. And you can either stay in the crazy real world or come back to the Amish world and a good percentage of people leave. I'm surprised more that people stay. There is a, but I think there is a level of just simple way of life that would attract people. But here's the thing. That's me as a man speaking. And as an Amish man, I would have so much power. I would have all the power. And if you're an Amish woman, you really are supposed to be subservient, at least in my knowledge. I, of course, don't want to be speaking for the Amish of 2020 if it has changed. But my assumption is that there's still a, there's a level of second-class citizenness to a woman in the Amish community. They'll never hear this, so I think we can slag them as much as we want. That, well, I'm not. That's the thing. I don't want to slag them. I mean, you called them a cult, so I, I'm. I'm. I won't be the target. You're going to be the headline. You're going to be the headline in the Amish Gazette when they want, when they put out their their clickbait articles about this podcast, <laughs> which is not clickbait if it's in a it, paper. It's clickbait because you have to like click it off of a page and like you just carry it home with you and read it later. It's clickbait, so you have to clip it out. <laughs> Uh, do we think that Joe is a good detective? No, Joe's a horrible detective. He tr- he's awful. Yeah, Joe's bad, and he swears too much. And this he comes from a person constantly. who... This is a person who I think I swear too much, definitely. But when I saw it reflected in this book, I felt like, hmm, I should stop swearing so much. It makes me sound stupid. What well, is also his obsession with Hannah being innocent and then he swears around her so much and she's constantly like, could you not swear around me? And he just keeps doubling down and doing it. And it's like, D- what's the matter with you? Just don't do it. It's no, he, yeah, he's just a bad detective. And there was so many about the, so much about police work in this book that I found so confusing because they, FBI like tapped him. He had been working somewhere else and brought him 
back home because he was had been a member of the community to then sort of investigate. But then he had to bring Hannah to everyone that he interviewed because they wouldn't talk to him because he had been excommunicated. And I was just so confused because I'm like, it seems like you shouldn't be able to be bring just like a civilian on these house calls. The logic of the reason to have him go is so crazy because like you said they thought that since they're regular law enforcement the people in the community wouldn't talk to them but they thought that they would talk to one of their own well it turns out that's not the case because he's been excommunicated and that's the last person they want to talk to they would talk to the police before they talk to him and also he has a strong personal connection to one of the murder victims which i don't think you're allowed to do it's not smart to have somebody who's so personally connected to a murder be the investigator obviously because then how bad joe was at it i mean this is they will teach this case in classes in detective Mm -hmm. class about how not to go about things and okay can we spoil the ending really quick because i think this is something that shows how bad of a police officer he is he straight up kills the murderer with his bare hands oh that was insane i was like there is such a thing as due process sir do not murder this man in his own kitchen like what the what the hell is the matter with you Hey guys, real quick, we just want to tell you about the new uh, book in Sabrina Jeffries' The Duke Dynasty series, The Bachelor. From one of the biggest names in historical romance, New York Times bestselling author Sabrina Jeffries comes the second in a sparkling series about an oft-widowed mother's grown children who blaze through society in their quest for the truth about their fathers. In the process, they may just find the love that will conquer all, even for a headstrong young lady with a scandalous secret to hide. Also... We are here about tropes, and this book has some of my favorite tropes. One is rich, heroine, poor hero. The other is the bodyguard trope, which we have not read yet. I'm already buying this book. This is just, there's so many things in the description that I'm really excited about. Um, and I have always wanted to check out Sabrina Jeffrey. So I think this might be the one that I'm going to choose. So pick up uh, The Bachelor, the newest in the Duke Dynasty series from Sabrina Jeffries, coming to you from Kensington Books. Well, you didn't like him even when he ate Hannah out and then immediately afterwards went up to Eli's room and read him a bedtime story? (laughs) There's just so much whiplash in this book between, like, this guy's getting off because he's murdering someone. This guy's just turned on because this is a woman he used to love. And now I'm starting to feel really bad because I feel like we've been shitting on this book the whole time. And I definitely have been. And... You know, like we always say, somebody took the time to write this book and we read it. And I just don't, I don't know. I don't want to be too negative. But um, this book also does the trope that I hate of there's just like one big piece of information that the person wants and the other person just won't tell them that just because it never feels like it's the right time, even though it's like constantly the right time where it's like, just ask, why did you leave? Or just tell her why you left you know what I mean it felt like it it, it, like they would get angry and then they'd be like well and then I just decided that was enough of that and walk away and it just was really frustrating you you think there wasn't enough sex right 
it's hard to say because I mean this was definitely a romance because he and Hannah ended up at, together at the end. They were like a central love story. I think it's just really hard to do a mystery romance because especially like a murder mystery because if you're reading a mystery book the mystery is the central thing that's tying it together and if you're reading a romance then romance is the central thing that's tying it together and if you are reading a mystery murder romance there's two things that are competing to be the most important thing that you're paying attention to so there was long parts of time where we did nothing with the case because it was like romance time and then there was long time where it was just the case and there was no romance and it just felt like it was ended up being neither adding up to the whole, like not getting a full mystery and not getting a full romance. It was hard for me to squirm to, to squirm in a good way when there were passages of a serial killer jerking off that made me squirm in a bad way. So it's not mm-hmm. a squirmable book, really. I did think there was something cool about an Amish woman who wasn't necessarily completely chaste because she had had a husband, but having sex unbridled in a way that she hasn't been able to. There is something to that. But a lot of the sex was she was in she was in civilian clothes. She wasn't even in the Amish clothing. So a lot of it, you didn't even get that fun thing of like, oh, it's cool to see a guy have sex with a woman in an Amish outfit. (laughs) I think that was something you were waiting for. No, I think, you know, probably like 98% of the audience was into that. You're probably the 2% that wasn't into that. I'm not saying that I wasn't into that. I will agree. Hannah was very often the aggressor and the instigator of sexual acts and stuff, which I did really appreciate, especially coming from what she came from. She was somebody who really um, put her own sexual pleasure as something that was really important to her um, and also, you know, really asked for what she wanted. And I really did appreciate that. And I did think that was very cool, especially from her being from the background she was in. Um, And this was also like pitched to us as uh, Amish romance with sex. And it was, it delivered. The only Amish romance I've read was like a YA. So I don't think, so I don't know if the adult ones are different, but I do think that they are pretty chaste. So there was no oral sex in a pantry like in this book. No, sadly. Oh, yeah. She sees him and then she just like pushes him in the room and then just starts going down on him. I mean, like that was very sexy. That was great. Also, there was a good dog in this book. I do love a good dog. That dog saved the case, uh, solved the case by laying on that rug. Oh, you mean the the hair rug? The hair, the the rug made of human hair? Yeah. How you would not notice that a rug was made of hair? Because normally those quilted rugs, like I grew up, my house was just littered with braided rugs. And you can tell that those are, it, it's like pieces of cloth. Like, I just can't imagine having that be hair and not immediately looking at it and be like, that's hair. You know? I feel like you would either, there's there's only two options for that. You would 
immediately notice that it's a hair rug or not notice it's a hair rug and never figure it out. Because at that point, if right. you don't know a hair rug when you see one, you're not going to be looking for a hair rug. It's not even going to go into your mind. Although there was the cutting the hair of the women, but I just feel like if I walked in, you know, next time, hopefully when we are able to get together, I'm uh, able to come over to your guys' lovely apartment, and I looked at your new rug, and it was a hair rug, I feel like I would immediately be like, oh, that's human hair. They have a human hair rug. Listen, depending on how long this quarantine goes on, we might end up with a hair rug. I'm not going to say we won't. So you're saying uh, maybe. Yeah, it's so... <laughs> That's Listen, not comforting it's a new world that you're like, I... yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm not saying anything's a no anymore. Everything's a possibility. Who knows? I'm not going to say no to anything. Here's the important question. Uh-huh. Would you fuck them? I mean, I think definitely Hannah. She seemed great and really forward, which I like. And she, like, I was into Hannah. Not Joe, I don't think. Yeah, Joe, I'm tell you know what the thing is, I'm telling you, is his potty mouth. And it's not, I don't think, just his potty mouth, but it's like you were saying, his inappropriate use of it around somebody who doesn't want to hear it. I once had and we're gonna get real intimate on this show, Clayton, because we've been talking for so long, so many episodes, but I once had a bikini waxer and I was getting a Brazilian bikini wax and she was I was like oh we were talking she was like the one thing I can't stand is when people swear and I somehow managed to not swear the rest of that appointment but I tell you it was very hard but I knew it was going to offend her and I wanted to respect her space so I didn't swear (laughs) if I can do that then Joe cannot swear on hand nobody's pouring wax on his genitals like it's like, just don't say fuck. It's not that hard. Absolutely. I think you're modeling behavior <laughs> that Joe should, Joe should have been there to see that. Because then he would right, have, exactly. gave, he would have given his potty mouth a, a second thought. But anyway. yeah, so I would not have sex with Josiah. I would have sex with Hannah though. But it's, yeah. it's, it's gotta be, it's, it can't be in normal clothes. It's got, it's, it's sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm saying it. It's got to be in the Amish. Get up. Yeah. You're signing it for something specific. Yeah. You know, if she, if this wasn't an Amish romance, I would not ask her to dress like an Amish person. If, if I'm going to have sex with an Amish person, I expect them to be in Amish garb. Like if I'm, if I'm having sex with an Amish guy, I want to be tugging on a beard. So this was not on any Goodreads list because it's a very new book. It was just like 2019. It was just last year. But apparently, um, I believe it was Sarah who emailed us about this book. Um, She wrote in the troupe that uh, Melinda Price continued writing Amish romances and there is also sex in them. And she's she writes sex very well, which I would say she does. But since we don't have any Goodreads list to do, uh, what are your tropes, Clayton? Amish romance, thriller romance, mystery romance, reunited lovers, childhood sweethearts, excommunicado hero, detective hero, 
fairly. Hero who swears too much. <laughs> Amish heroine. Serial killer. Multiple PV, POVs. Multiple POVs. Bad dads. Because his dad was bad because he was a deacon and he was a jerk to him. And her dad was bad because he was a child molester. Mm-hmm. Pre- precocious kid, Eli. And human hair rug. <laughs> that old trope. <laughs> if we ever find a human hair rug in another book, we have to st- that'll be our first Goodreads list is just human hair rugs. Yes. So, Aaron, what are your tropes? So I have uh, Amish romance, uh, questionable police practices, kids in romance, good dogs. Heroine is shocked that Hero's going down there. I feel like that happens quite a bit of women being shocked that men are about to give them oral sex. Uh, second chance romance, big secret why he refused her, and not just saying the thing you mean. Because they spend a lot of time just not saying, just not speaking to each other about the thing that could mend their relationship. I think a, a wise man once said, say what you need to say. <laughs> that wise what man. What is that song? John Mayer. In, uh, in these times of trouble, we have to look to our modern day philosophers. Jason Mraz. Like... John Mayer. <laughs> Michael Buble. There we got. <laughs> look to the Buble. Look to the boobs. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, do you have any other final thoughts about Vow of Silence? No, I I read this book in a different world, in a in a more simpler mm-hmm. world, and I will say, yeah, we I think we did, I think we did talk a lot of smack about this book. I did not not enjoy the experience of reading this book. I enjoyed it because it was something different. It was a little bit wacky and weird, and I think I will always remember this hair rug. And yeah. that is and that is a good thing. That is, I will think of the hair rug when I'm upset, and I'll think of that hair mm-hmm. rug, and I'll just giggle and feel better. So, if anything, this book is going to stay with me, I think, for a long time. Well, like we always say, this was a recommendation, Anytime anyone recommends something to us, we really appreciate it because I think romance is also so uniquely tied to um, a certain part of us. And I know that like going out on a limb and recommending is tough. And just because, I mean, Clayton really liked this book. I didn't, but that's okay because it, it means different things for different people. And you read a book in a certain frame of mind, you know, that's different. I think for me too, it's like, I'm really like tapped out on, um, true crime as well so I think that could be a part of it for me as to why I didn't really connect with this book so you might connect with it you might really love it so I would say like still pick it up why not you got the time Um, all right Clayton well what has you swooning this week it's pretty crazy because I've been consuming so much I think like most people streaming a lot of things but I want to say that my I always do this and I know it's going to seem corny but I got to swoon about my friends again because I'm in Brooklyn by myself and a lot of people in my friend group, you know, they have significant others or they're, but I'm kind of in my own, stranded on my own island and they've been so great texting, staying in touch. We've been doing 
movie we've been watching movies synchronized and texting each other and stuff and that's the kind of thing that is really important in times like this and i feel very lucky to have people that would want to and it would enjoy doing things like that with me yeah so that's my swoon aaron what are you swooning about <laughs> i'm swooning about it uh show on netflix so i feel like you always do these really sweet heartfelt swoons and i'm just like here's the thing but um i do it on purpose i i do it to make you look bad. yeah <laughs> of course that's why most people do the things they do is as a direct attack against me and i'm happy that you're acknowledging it don't ever um, forget it no <laughs> that's not true that's ridiculous so but i was thinking about like what are like shows on netflix that i think are, were really great and worth watching that maybe some people missed because now that we're all stuck in our homes we probably all have more time to watch stuff and maybe are looking for things so there was a show on netflix called lovesick and it's a british show and I think they have three or four seasons. It's really well done. There's a romantic element that it's a through line through all the seasons. So if you're a romance fan, you're going to be fulfilled. Um, and it's basically just about this guy who uh, finds out that he has a VD. And so he has to go back to every woman he slept with and tell her that he has this new VD, um, which sounds kind of like gross and weird, but every episode ends up being about a different woman in his life. And it's sort of him reflecting on like what that person, what that relationship meant to him um, in a way that's really ends up being kind of like very sweet. So um, I would say lovesick on Netflix is really great and really worth it um, to watch if you are looking for something. So if you have any recommendations, you can always find us at learning the tropes podcast at gmail.com are on Twitter at Learning Tropes and on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. Like we mentioned, we have our Facebook group, the Learning the Tropes Troop. Go in, hang out there. People give recommendations, chat about episodes, sort of say hi, whatever you want to do. Come on in. Um, also rate, review, subscribe. It's a great way. It's how people find us. So it's uh, if you take the time to do that, you maybe you're listening right now, um, just write us a quick review. Give us as many stars as you think we deserve, hopefully five. And then finally, Learning the Tropes is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media backslash podcast. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Bye.